Would you turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 15? I'm going to pick up again uh, with what we talked about last week in our, our week of prayer and fasting. I, folks, I love it. I appreciate uh, in a sea of requests, you know, for spiritual growth. You have that desire. You wouldn't write it there if you didn't have a desire for spiritual growth. And we talked about last week, let's grow. We need to grow. And um, and we we, we know it, it's, it's the ability to feed yourself. When you're growing, you're able to feed yourself on the Word of God. You're able to fight. You We fight spiritual battles. We don't send children out into, to fight wars. Uh, it's, it's grown people, mature people and spiritual warfare that we're in requires mature mature spiritual Christians and uh, the ability to fear God. So we had several of them there, but I want to talk about it. I'm just going to call it spiritual maturity. We need spiritual maturity. So when I see that on our prayer list, I really begin to realize this is a real need, not just our church, every church. But every pastor would love to be able to pastor a spiritually mature church. But you know what, too? What's also healthy is having people in all stages of growth. That's good, too. Having some young Christians as well as some mature, spiritually mature Christians. And when we have people in all straight stages, areas of growth, that's a good thing. And so, But I want you to continue to want to grow. So let's look at John chapter 15, verse 1. John chapter 15, verse 1. If you have it, would you stand with me in honor of God's word if you're able to. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. He wants us to bear fruit. This verse, he wants you to bear more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. There's the key, is abiding in Christ. Verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. We've gone from fruit, more fruit, to much fruit. For without me, you cannot, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, and he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruits. So shall ye be, my disciples. Let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians now. Verse chapter 13. 1 Corinthians and chapter 13. That's right before 2 Corinthians, if you're having trouble finding it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says, When I was a child... I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So you can see the progression. You're growing, okay? When you're a, man, when you're a child, you, just, you do the things a kid does, right? That's pretty obvious. 
But when you become a man, you put you do those things that a man does, that an adult does. And then the book of Hebrews, chapter 5. We read this last week, uh, but we're going to go back to that. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. <clears throat> In for chap- Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use of their senses exercise to discern both good and evil. Let's go to chapter 6 and verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. I want to talk on spiritual maturity. Would you pray with me, Father in heaven? Oh, we love you this morning. Thank you for each one that's here And Father, now as we look into your word, we've got to have the ability to rightly divide your word. We need the anointing of the Holy Ghost this morning. Give us open ears to hear. Give us open hearts to receive from it. And Lord, may you challenge us to a deeper and a closer walk with you. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. This is, you may be seated, one of the great needs of our churches, not just Safe Haven Tabernacle, of the church as a whole is spiritual majority. It's spiritual growth. And like I've said before, the nature you feed is the nature that's going to grow. You can feed on the carnal things of this world, and the carnal man will grow. But you've got to starve the carnal man, and you've got to feed the spiritual man. That spiritual nature needs to feed on the things of God. Hopefully this morning, I pray that God will give me a message. God will give me bread to feed God's children so you will grow spiritually. That's part of the preaching of the Word, to help you to grow. I want to see you to grow. And, you know, I what, you, you know, realize whatever stage you are in, eventually it will show. It's not hard to see that we have kids here. We have children, and I thank God for children. I thank God we have children in our church. I thank God for it. Every one of our kids, I'll pick up I'll pick up candy wrappers as long as we have kids. I'll pick them up. You know what? I, I like, we'll, we'll straighten up kids' zone. We'll take care of that as long as we have kids that will go in there. We've got, you know what? I'm th- but you know what? It's not hard to tell their kids. We can tolerate that because they're kids. We can tell. What stage they're in? They're little. We can tell they're in that stage. But you know what? Those of you, you're grown up, and you can tell you're in that stage. Those of us are getting older. It's not hard to tell when things are getting thin on top. It's not hard to tell, you know, or it's getting white on top. It's not hard to tell what age we are and what stage we are in, you know. And the stage that you are in spiritually is the stage that a lot of times will show. It will show, okay? So, but it's God's desire that we grow. Babies are cute. 
but they don't stay babies forever. You know, really, most parents don't want them to stay babies forever. It's grandparents. We want to freeze-dry them at that age so we could keep them at that age. But you know what? You as parents, you want to see them grow. That's natural. That's normal. They must grow up. But I want you to look at some other... We have talked about last week about some other traits or marks. And so I want to add to that. The first one this morning is to be uh, for spiritual maturity is a change of attitude. You got to have a change of attitude. You know, children are naturally selfish. Remember when we were kids? It's mine, 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 my toy. That's mine. Give me that back. And you know what? Kids, it's all about me, right? It's mine, my room, my bike, my toys, mine, mine, mine. You know, when you become an adult, it changes. It changes. And spiritually speaking, we go from selfish to a servant. We become a servant. When we grow spiritually, you go from being selfish to being a servant. You know, spiritually immature Christians want their own way. And you know something? We reach a point in a congregation, it can't always be your way. It won't always be your way, you know? But you're going to throw a tantrum. Doesn't the pastor know I'm more qualified to direct a Christmas play? Or I'm not, I should be the one that was asked to do that. Or it should be, that's my job. You know that, but we change when we grow spiritually. We change from wanting our own way to preferring our brother and sister ahead of us. That's spiritual maturity. When we can accept that it's not always going to be my way. And things aren't always going to go your way. And you know, when we have a change of attitude, it causes us to overlook some of the other attitudes in others. You know that? I become spiritually mature. I can overlook the immaturity in others and understand they just got some growing to do. That's all. I'm glad they're Christians, but they just need to grow. And so being spiritually mature. You know, it's interesting. Go back to the story about the prodigal son. And when he went to the father and he said, I want what's coming to me. I want my inheritance. You see, you know, all through that that parable, when Jesus told it, it was all about him. I want, I want, I want my own way. I want to be my own boss. I I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I want, I want, I want. And you know, when he, does, when he returned, he come in saying, I'm going to ask my father if I could just be a servant. If I could just be a servant. You know the one good thing about the far country that the prodigal son went to? He grew up. He grew up. He went out wanting to be the boss, and he comes back wanting to be a servant. It's a mark of maturity. Come on, folks, help me out. It's a mark of spiritual growth or maturity. You know, it was John the Baptist said that I must decrease so that he can increase. 
And you know what? Jesus said there was none greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, I am not, it's the spotlight's not on me. I'm only a servant. It's on Christ. I'm just here to bear witness of that light. I'm just here to be a servant. And you know, that's that should be the desire of all of us. Hey, let's move on. Let's move on from the spiritual immaturity of wanting my own way, and let's have a change of attitude, and that shows real spiritual growth. I'm sure I've told this before in other sermons, but I wanted to hear it again, so I'll just tell it again about this church that uh, they had trouble deciding what color to paint the auditorium. I've told that you've all heard. No, you've never heard that. So, But, you know, they could, couldn't decide. The church was going uh, practically going through a church split. They had to call the district in, and the Assemblies of God, they had to call the district superintendent in to have them settle to decide what color they were going to paint the auditorium. And this man, with all the wisdom of Solomon, perhaps, decided and told him, he said, now, tonight, I want you to bring back one quart of whatever color you think the auditorium ought to be painted. And so that night, when they came back, they had their their quart. He had a five-gallon bucket and a can opener. He opened all the quarts of paint, dumped them into the five-gallon bucket, stirred it up, and said, there's the color of your auditorium. And you board members see that it gets put on here. It's why, because they all wanted their own way. Because they couldn't prefer their brother or sister ahead of them? Come on. Help me out here. This is a mark of spiritual maturity is a change of attitude. Let me go on. A second one is another mark of spiritual maturity is you're able to accept responsibility. You can't put a lot of responsibility on a child. You can't. You know, I, Cor- Corbin's not at the age that you could just ask and tell him, you know, Ricky, that from now on, Corbin, you'll feed the cat, okay? You will feed the cat, and you will take out the trash, right? Can you see that little fella dragging a trash bag down the road? I mean, <laughs> mom and dad are shaking their head. No, no, you can't. You know what? You can't place responsibility on a child. But an adult should be. Mom and dad, you should be able to feed the cat. You should be able to take out the trash. You know, Zachary, Jacob should be able to feed the dog, right? Rolo needs Fred. You should be able to take the trash down to the end of the road or wherever. You should be able to. Why? Because there's growth there. And so it's the same thing. When we come, become mature Christians, you should be able to handle responsibility. Come on. You know, you, you should be to the point you're able to help wherever you need to in, in God's house. Come on. Whether it's cleaning. I appreciate those of you that volunteer to clean. I appreciate it. I promise you. I, 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 we got, ah, there you go. We got three months available. We'll put this commercial in here in the middle of the sermon. We got three months available. But it's a mark of spiritual maturity. And I promise you, I don't hide quarters or nickels just to see if you find them all. I don't go back with a white glove just trying to check and make sure everything's been dusted. Or and I don't have time to do all that. But we appreciate your help. You know, but a spiritually mature Christian is able to accept responsibility. There are things in the kingdom of God that you could do for the advancement of the kingdom of God. 
There's things you can do for Christ that will advance the kingdom of God. And, you know, this is one reason why you don't put an immature Christian in places of responsibility. You don't put a new Christian in as a pastor of a church. You don't put a new Christian, a brand new Christian is not going to be able to teach a Sunday school class. It needs to be people that are spiritually mature. They've been taught. They've learned. They've listened. They've sat under teaching. And they have grown. And so a spiritually mature Christian accepts responsibility. Let me go on. Next one. This is a good one. A spiritually mature Christian is going to be able to respond to correction. Uh Uh-oh. Look out. A spiritually mature Christian has got to be able to respond to correction. You know, there are some times that we have got to have discipline in the church. Uh Uh-oh. Look out. You know, there are some times that is necessary. It's necessary. I remember a time we had uh, when I was a youth pastor, and um, we had a young, a nice sized youth group. And I was youth pastor at Hancock Assembly, and had ran sixty some kids in this youth group. And and uh, we had a young man that was was doing something that needed to be taken care of. And I wasn't sure what would happen, so I went to the pastor. I said, Pastor, you know, this young man's doing something needs to be taken care of. And he said, you handle it. It's like, oh, no, what do I do? But I began to pray about it, and, you know, I approached him. And you talk about a mark of spiritual maturity. It was wonderful the way he answered. I mean, it's just more of a detailed story than what I could give you this morning. But, you know, the, the way he responded. I didn't know which way it would go, folks. I just didn't know. If he'd get mad and decide, well, I'm just not coming back here. I don't want to be a part of the youth group. I don't really care. I don't want to play in the church orchestra anymore. I don't want to have a part. I, I really don't care, and I'm not going to do it. And you know something? But it was totally different. If you're a real, genuine Christian and desiring to grow spiritually, you've got to learn how to respond to correction. Because there may, I'm not one that just looks for confrontation, believe me. I'm not one that just looking to see, you know, who, who can we get today? Who can I really make miserable? I don't like that. There's not many, there may be pastors that thrive on that. But you know what? There may be a time that I've got to come to you. And I've got to say something. And I hope that you'll be spiritually mature enough to say, Brother Jeffries, I understand. I didn't realize that's the way it was coming across. I didn't realize I was doing that. But you know what? If you're spiritually mature, you'll respond to correction. Come on. Help me out here. Boy, it's getting tight now. All right, let me move on. I got a couple more. A spiritually mature Christian has a teachable spirit. Boy, there's nothing a pastor loves more or a Sunday school teacher or whatever loves more than to see a congregation sitting there like a sponge just soaking it in. Soaking it all in. Saying, yeah, it's like, I want more. I want more. I've got to have more. I hope you have a teachable spirit. Because, folks, we've not all arrived. We've not arrived. There's still so much more that we can learn. But you've got to have an open heart so that you can be taught. We need teaching. We've got to have teaching. 
And some, it, it's learning from the Word of God. It's learning from our mistakes. It's learning. It's learning all the time. We're always learning. I face this at work. You know, every time we come up with a new computer program, you could tell the ones that say, I hate this computer stuff. I hate that. You know, they just don't want to, they, they don't want to learn. I, I, you know, I'm, I've, I'll admit I, the change isn't easy. The older I get, the harder it is to change things. But you know what I've learned? I've got to have a teachable spirit. If I'm going to keep my job, it's interesting. I had a truck driver here not too long ago came in, and they all they all show up with these iPads or whatever here, just sign across this goofy thing with your fingernail, you know. And I and so I have to sign. Yeah, I do that at Rubbermaid too. Yeah, so you, you sign across here and hit accept or whatever. And 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 the guy, this older guy, told me said, yeah, they told us in the office that we have to do this or we can just leave, find another job. If we don't learn how to use this iPad, then we just leave. But he said, but now I need you to print it because the girls in the office can't read cursive. So it, it, the, it, what it was, the trade-off, he said, if they didn't learn how to use the iPad, they could leave. But the girls in the office, you have to accommodate them because they can't read cursive. I used to don't treat, teach cursive in school anymore. But anyhow, <laughs> it's sad. But you know what? You need a teachable spirit, folks respond to teaching. You know, I hope you can just say, you know, you know, it used to be whenever we'd have a service and no, there was no preaching, people leave, oh, didn't we have a great service? You know, when we have teaching, we ought to be able to say, wasn't that great? Wasn't that preaching great? There's nothing wrong with the preaching of the word. The preaching of the cross, Paul said, is to them that perish foolishness, foolishness, but unto us that are saved. It's the power of God. We need the preaching. We need the teaching of the word. So don't leave here and say, oh, wasn't it great? We didn't have preaching. We need it, folks. We need it. And I hope you have an open heart so that you can be taught. And then another one is to have to be able to recognize danger. You know, a real mark of spiritual maturity is to be able to recognize when something is dangerous. That's why you have a kid that follows the ball right out into the road. And the adult has to be the one that says, Johnny, stop! Why? Because you recognize it's dangerous. There's a car coming. It's a dangerous place. You know, but a kid doesn't realize, a child doesn't realize that. But as an adult, you shouldn't be running out into the road following the ball without looking both ways, right? That's just common sense. Hopefully, you recognize when something is dangerous. I can tell you, too, when I, back when I was a youth pastor, had a young girl call from school. She called me. I'm your youth pastor, and she called me. She said, right now they're using Ouija boards in the classroom. They're playing with the Ouija board. And you know what? I'm glad she was smart enough, wise enough, had enough Christian maturity to understand it's dangerous. Stay away from those areas that are dangerous. Don't entertain those things that are going to affect your Christian walk, that you're spiritually mature enough to know you don't need to be dabbling in that. You don't need to be around it because you're able to recognize when something is dangerous. Come on. Help me out. I'm not talking about playing with knives or guns. I'm talking about spiritually, okay? When you know something is dangerous spiritually, that you're wise enough to stay away from it. 
you recognize danger. One thing about this, you know, and you go back to John, he wants you to bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Bearing much fruit is a sign of spiritual maturity. Come on, let's bear some fruit. These are going to be some of the marks. You know, anything that didn't bear fruit, it's cut off. It's cast into the fire. You need to grow. You've got to grow spiritually. And the way that you do it, you get rooted and grounded in the things of God. You're always putting in roots. And John teaches us it's by abiding in the vine. You've got to abide in the vine. If you're going to bear fruit, you've got to keep getting closer to Christ. He's the root. He's the, he's, the, he's the vine, and we're the branches, and the branches bear the fruit. And why do you bear fruit? Because it's a mark of Christian maturity. The old wood bears the fruit, not the new wood. It's the old wood. You've got to be bearing fruit. And here Paul goes on in Hebrews. He said, hey, leaving there for it, leaving the, the basic principles. He said, let's go on. Let's go on under perfection. Come on, don't stop. We've only scratched the surface of all that God has for us. Let's keep going on. And you know why? He is the one that's the standard. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask. Come on, Sister Cassandra, come back to the piano, please. All I ask is to be like him. He's the standard, folks. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, he is the one that we're striving to be like. Would you stand with me? To be like Jesus, all I ask. I want to be like him. Oh, if you could just say...